And let me just add a happy Father's Day to all of you dads. We love you. We're grateful for you. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We're continuing our series, The Way of Jesus. And on days like this, we just are reminded how challenging parenthood is, whether you're a mom or a dad or aspire to be someday. You know, it all looks good on paper and in theory, but in practice, uh, leading yourself in the way of Jesus, uh, having a healthy relationship with your spouse, uh, leading little ones who are growing and the ever-changing, how do you parent as the years go by? None of this is easy and there's so much discouragement out there. We just wanna affirm and say, just like Jesus in Matthew 5, blessed are you, mom, dad, or single, or young, or empty nester. Blessed are we because We've inherited the kingdom of God. Remember, if you're new to the series, we've been looking at the way of Jesus. And it begins in Matthew 5 with God's blessing. Jesus says to quote unquote nobodies, everything is yours because God is fulfilling his mission in and through Jesus. And then we know that we not only have God's blessing, but we have a new direction, a new mission. We are salt, we are light. God is, and Jesus says, he is going to use you. Never forget that mom or dad. He is using you as imperfect as you may feel, as like with whatever regrets, or I wish I could have, or I wish I could. All of that being true, the most true thing is that you are salt and you are light and Jesus is using you. And then we kind of hit this section we're in right now towards the middle of Matthew 5 where Jesus is, is reminding his followers. He's not starting something new. He came to fulfill the law. And so everything that God has been trying to do in us since Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 where God makes a perfect world and then we blow it with sin. And what Jesus has been doing, what God has been doing is bringing us back to himself. And so Jesus says some really tough things here about what it means to follow him, some challenging things like we've looked at over the last few weeks. Remember, we looked at uh, anger and we've looked at forgiveness and we've looked at reconciliation, all these things that God wants to do. Remember, he's looking not just at the action, but, but Jesus' transformational work is happening deep within us. It's happening in the heart. And so no matter where you are on a holiday, and it's always a mixed bag, whether you had the most fantastic role model, which I have to say, I, I'm blessed. I am blessed because my mom and my dad, they love each other, they love Jesus, and they led us in his way. They set us up to follow Jesus as well. That's our story. So on a day like today, I rejoice. But that's not everyone's story. So I do have to remember, some of you are still reeling with the brokenness between you and your dad, or maybe your dad, good, bad, indifferent, dad's no longer here. And so on a day like today, it reminds you of that pain. No matter where we are, let's remember the greatest reality, if we've chosen to follow Jesus, is that God is our father. God is our father. And in a real sense, the New Testament writers talk about Jesus as the older brother. We are related to God himself. He's our father, the father is our father, and Jesus is gone before us. And so maybe you didn't have a great role model in mom or dad or whoever raised you, but I'm just here to remind you this way of Jesus, no matter what our background, could, 
could format and be the template and the foundation for our future. And so that cycle of brokenness that could be there right now doesn't have to be your future and it doesn't have to be the future generations because we now belong to Jesus. Everything has been made new. Now, what I wanna to do today is uh, when we're going down, we just go line by line. And if you've, you've read, we did the whole thing on murder and forgiveness and reconciliation. And if you read the next word, it's a word on adultery. Okay, uh, so here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna do that <laughs> today, all right? We're gonna look at that next week. We're gonna, we're gonna dive into adultery and divorce and lying and cheating and all the things that God talks about in, in his word, his word of truth to us. And Jesus gives the stamp of this is what this means. We'll look at that next week. But rather, what I wanted to do today was to remind ourselves of a word about the heart of our Father towards us. So this is still in the series, The Way of Jesus. But I want us to look uh, at John 17. And all we're going to do today is just read a prayer. Because sometimes we need to be reminded, what is... What does Jesus say about my current situation, whether we're feeling great or we're feeling low, where we're thrilled the trajectory of our life or we're depressed, with, filled with regret about the way things are headed? What does Jesus have to say to us on a day like today, on a day like Father's Day? All I want us to do is to look into this prayer. Jesus is praying for us. Uh, and interestingly enough, in John 17, if you don't know the background, John 14, 15, 16, Jesus pulled together his family, his disciples, his closest, his 12, and he's shown them the full measure of his love. Over a meal, Jesus washes his disciples' feet as a sign of the greatest act of the greatest leader. You know, even the, a good, good reminder to moms and dads, yeah, we are an authority over, but we're a humble authority that wants to see the best for those under our care. And so Jesus washes their feet. And then Jesus tells them, I'm gonna to go to the cross. And this is my future. Jesus knows his purpose. He knows why he's here. Do we? Jesus says, I'm here to lay down my life. And then Jesus reminds them about the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna send the comforter. I'm gonna send myself. The Spirit of, of God is gonna live inside of you. And the Spirit's gonna remind you and the Spirit's gonna comfort you and all of these things. And then they take communion together. And he says, this is, this is my blood. He, he, he enacts what he's about to do in person. He tells him, he tells his secrets to those that he loves. And then he ends with a prayer. And so we wanna read it. And I want us to think about just a couple of things that God is thinking about, that Jesus is doing even as we gather on Father's Day. Uh, verse 1 of John 17. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with those before the world, um, before the world began. Jesus sets the tone and everything. I just want us to notice how this begins. We're not gonna go word by word, but I want us to work through this prayer. It starts with Father, Father. Father, the hour has come. Father, uh, why is the prayer here? The prayer is here for our benefit. Thank God he led by the Spirit, John, the writer, to give us 
the framework of what we could think about ourselves on a day like today. Father, uh, Jesus, the Son, is in this closest relationship with his Father. And that's the word, the tone that we can come to God with is as a Father. He's not just a distant friend. He is the, the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, but for us, those of us as followers. Remember, we're remembering the way of Jesus, the pattern of Jesus. When we come to him, we come as sons and daughters. We're going to look at it in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jesus tells us in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, this is how he taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he teaches his disciples to pray. And interestingly, that's exactly what Jesus says here. Father, I've come from this place of glory. Remember, Jesus came he was God from the beginning before time even began. And God the Son, Jesus, he came and he was born. And what did he come to do? To fulfill the will of his Father. Your kingdom come, says Jesus, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the model prayer for all of us. Just remember, he's calling us to life in himself. And so if you're a Jesus follower, no matter what you're going through right now, mom, dad, kid, whomever, we can approach our heavenly father. His word towards us is come to me. And Jesus models that kind of relationship. These are the moments before he's gonna go through his roughest season as a human being. And that is a word of hope for us because we're in a weird spot. Let's not get ourselves with uh, race riots and tension and with, you know, this daily reports about COVID and, and, and phases of reopening, phase one, phase two, phase three, and unemployment and uncertainty and a stock market that's going up and down and summer, good weather. But what's the summer even look like? Like practically speaking, how do you enjoy the best months of Oregon when most things are limited or shut or may make you nervous because of your family's health and well-being? In all these things, we come to the loving Father. Father, I want what you want. Now, Jesus sets the tone for everything, but what, is this, what does this mean? Notice glory, 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 glory. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you and Multiple times, Jesus reminds us in the prayer that his heart and his bentness towards the Father's glory. Now, what, is, what does that even mean? Without going on rabbit trail of what glory means in the Bible, he's pulling on this Hebrew thought of when, when God's presence would come, they would call it his glory. And the words used to describe it were like weight, something unique, something different. And here in John 17, it's about God, I want your splendor, your beautiful splendor. God is like no one else. The creator God is so unique and so different. And what Jesus the son is saying is I am living, right? I am living not for myself, not for my own will, but father, I'm living for you. And he's praying uniquely because as God the son, he is saying, I come from your presence. He's one with the father but I've come to do this work as a human. And now that I'm about to go to the cross, I'm praying, Lord, that you would be glorified and that I would be glorified in you. In other words, Jesus is 100% about fulfilling the mission of the Father. And as his followers, right? What does this mean for us? I wonder if our life mission and our life focus and our life direction is modeling the way of Jesus. And we see it in the prayer. 
Jesus, the son, is not living for himself, but he's living for the Father's glory. What can I take away from this? I, I think it's just a good reminder today and every day. Let's choose to live for the Father's glory. That is, the, that is the purpose, that's the goal, that's the direction of being a Jesus follower. Jesus the Son models it perfectly for us and, and we do it imperfectly, but I wonder about your trajectory. Dad, today, can you say with honesty and integrity, not that you've got it together, not that you're perfect, none of us are, but that it's your life's goal to live for Jesus in and through you. And then in and through your family. And then in and through whatever work he's giving you to, uh, to do or vocation or, or you know, practical direction, whatever you, your gifting is and whatever you do with your life, that, that really at the heart of it and your, the family heart, the family center, is that you're living for not your own purposes, but for God's purposes. Why are we here? What are we here for? Jesus says, Father, I'm here to do your work. Glorify yourself in and through me. What's really driving you? Like, really, I think it, in times like this, and here's a side note, the beauty of this, this global pause and all the chaos, which is not good, but the good that it could do for us is it's given us now months. It's been four months since we met as a church live, but it's, it gives us months to really think about what matters the most. And Jesus, in this beautiful prayer, models for you and me the ideal is that we, we, we live not for ourselves, but we live for Jesus. So how, what does this look like though? Because that seems like a daunting task, like out of God, so showing us through Jesus what it means to live for him. What does it look like practically? Here's the beautiful thing. When it comes to you and I living out our faith and living not for our own purposes, but for God's purposes, living our lives for Jesus, Jesus even in his prayer gives us a word of encouragement. So let's look at that, verse six. I revealed, to, uh, I revealed you to those who, who you gave me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I love it. Underline that verse nine. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And the glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. And then, and then he's going to continue his prayer. Here's the beautiful thing. When it comes to living our lives for Jesus, which is the goal, right? Jesus, right before the cross, is saying, Lord, I'm not living for myself, I'm, I'm living for you. What can we get out of Jesus' prayer for us? We're reminded that Jesus has called us to life in him. Don't forget your calling. Don't forget, even in the ups and downs in life and the failures that we have, in the successes that we experience, don't forget that Jesus has called you to himself. He's saying, I'm praying for them, Father, because you gave them to me. And if you are in Jesus Christ, if you've trusted him and him alone to rescue you, just know this, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. God called you out of his love. And he awakened your mind and your soul to know that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And because I, I've come out of God's calling of, of me, I didn't call myself. 
He has called me his son. He's called you his son or his daughter. Don't forget that when we are called to live as part of God's family, his sons and daughters, it didn't start with me. It started with him. And because it started with him, he is going to enable me. He's going to give me the power and everything I need to live out my life in according to his pleasure and to live for his glory. Put frankly, the Christian life starts with God in it and it moves forward with God and it ends with God. This isn't something I'm doing in my own strength. So he says, Lord, I'm praying for these. Jesus is praying for you because he called you and because he loved you and because he saved you and because he sees you and because he knows you. Jesus is on your side. And this is the good news. After a few weeks about anger and murder and you know forgiveness and reconciliation, sometimes we just need the other side reminder that how do we live this out? How do we grow to be these people? Jesus is standing there so to speak, with you and I on our side, praying for us. Now here he's praying for the 12 disciples, but you go to the end of the prayer and you say, I'm praying for those who are gonna believe because of the witness of these 12 disciples, right? Actually 11, because one ends up being rebellious, Judas, and ends up leaving the faith and, and killing himself. But Jesus says, I'm praying for you because I know the work that I've called you to do. And so they're hearing this prayer. And now, because it's written in the text, we're hearing this prayer. And just be encouraged today. If you've been discouraged in your own pattern of following Jesus, if you've been discouraged in your progress, be encouraged today. Jesus is standing there with you, for you. You're a child of God. You've been called. And he's going to enable you. Now, what do you... What, do, what is Jesus praying for? At least a couple of things. I'll keep reading from verse 11. There are a few things that Jesus prays for specifically. He says, uh, verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name that you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. And so Jesus is here saying a few things. The first thing I think he's saying again and again and again is Jesus is praying for our protection. Don't forget that. Because we're called, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, because we're united with Christ, he's praying for your protection. He's praying for my protection. Now that doesn't mean we're not gonna go through tough times. Uh, Jesus has already told them, read chapters 14, 15, and 16. He's already told them hard times are coming. And then when he goes to the cross and he rises again, he tells them again, when he commissions them out, it's, it's not gonna be easy. People are gonna come against you, but we can be courageous because, because Jesus has overcome the world. And so Jesus, right now, even in our tough times, if you feel like you can't make it, if you feel like, you know, that job's not going to be there, what am I going to do about my resources? What about my business? And how am I going to provide for my family? Jesus is praying. He's standing there with us for our protection. Doesn't mean we don't go through hard times, but we don't go through those hard times alone. And if Jesus is standing there with us and Jesus sees everything that we're going through, that ought to give me the courage to not cave into my faith and cave into my fear, but rather to stand confident and be faithful in what God's called me to do because he is there with me. And let's not forget, what accidents has he kept us from? We don't know. 
What, what trials, what trouble has he kept us from? What, what near-death experiences have we, didn't even realize it. You're in the car, you went from A to B and nothing happened. Do you know that God is protecting us in ways that are beyond what we will ever know this side of eternity? Jesus is there to protect us, but it's about more than protection. Let's just keep reading in verse 13. He says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. What is Jesus praying for? Well, we saw again and again and again, he says again, I pray for your protection. Not that he's gonna remove hard times from us. Not that he's gonna keep us from risky situations. Man, all of life is risky, but we can go with confidence knowing that whenever I wake up, Jesus is there. When I get out of bed, Jesus is there. When I, when I have my morning meal, my time with him, Jesus is there. When I go to work, Jesus is there. When I think about the bills, Jesus is there. When I think about the future, Jesus is there. When I wrestle with relationship challenges, Jesus is there. He's, he is guiding, he's protecting. But I think the second thing, and you see it in little dimensions, but it's kind of a big idea. Jesus is praying for our full transformation. So I become a child of God. The moment I choose to follow Jesus, the new creation has come. In a moment, when I place my trust in Christ, I am now no longer dead in my sin. I am alive to Christ. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed my sin from me. I was dead, but now I am alive. And I'm given the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit seals us. God's promises, God's future is now infused into my soul at the deepest level. I don't get it, but I completely believe it. I am not the old person, I'm new in Christ. But now that I'm new in Christ, I still have my old tendencies, I still have my old habits, I still have my own mindsets. So following Jesus, the way of Jesus, is about stepping into God's transformation. Yes, I am new, I belong to Christ, but for the rest of my life, until I make it to eternity, God's goal for me is my ongoing transformation. He wants his life, the way he sees life, the way he would parent, the way he would run a business, the way he would treat other people, the way he would act, beha uh, behave, speak, right? Now he wants to infuse his life into my day-to-day -day life. And so Jesus prays for them. What does he pray for? Verse 13. He prays for our full joy. Doesn't mean my circumstances. Hear me. My circumstances may stink right now. I know not all of you, but I know a lot of you personally in this church. And one of the biggest challenges in life uh, as a human, as a leader, as a Jesus follower, is to watch people close to you suffer. Man, it is the worst. It's almost easier to suffer in yourself than to watch people that you love. And some of you are in that spot. You're watching the people that you love suffer. But even in the middle of that, what does Jesus pray for? Verse 13, I'm coming to you now and I'm saying these things for their benefit so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. 
Doesn't mean the absence of trouble, but even in the middle of trouble, you know what? You and I can experience the joy of God's presence walking us through it in the hard times and in the high, you know, high times through our highs and lows. Jesus wants us to walk in the fullness of his joy. He, he prays for our dedication. Look at verses 17 through 19. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. What is that whole sanctify, real churchy word? It's, it's to be set apart. God is holy. There's n- He's different. He's not, he's not like us. And so in a very real sense, he wants us to be holy, separate, not living as the way the world lives, but living for him. And you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, Father, set them apart. I want them to live as my people. Lord, do it in their life. Now, none of us are God, right? So God is fully holy. No, no wrong thing about him. But Jesus has made it possible for you and I to now live holy. We don't have to lash out in anger and murder. We can respond with forgiveness and grace and mercy. We can live different lives. And that's, that's it's one thing to say God says live that way. And that's, man, that's the perfect plan for a guilt trip and to set people up for failure. But while God gives the command, here's what Jesus bounces it with. Jesus says, I'm with you praying for your joy and I'm praying that you will live fully dedicated lives. As Jesus was set apart, he didn't live for himself. He lived for God's purposes, God's plan. Remember Jesus in the garden says, not my will, not my desire. Lord, if there's any other way that you would take this cup of suffering away from me, but I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. And, and Jesus, not, not only our savior, but he's our role model. And so now in the same way, his calling to us is to live as his protected people. Jesus is praying for you. You're not alone. You may feel alone. You may feel like God abandoned you, but he hasn't. And the second thing is he's praying for our transformation, that we would experience his joy in the middle of suffering, that we would experience dedication, that we wouldn't live sloppy lives, but we would live focused lives, giving ourselves fully over to him. And then he prays that we would live in unity. Look at verse 20 again. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in them through the message that they all, all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be, this is interesting, may they be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying for us. You know, we're living in a very broken time and so much. I mean, in the news, it's just, I'm almost afraid to open up my app sometime because is there another headline? We're living in a season of disunity and of pain and of hurt on all sides and accusations and, and misunderstandings. This is the world that we live in and Jesus is praying for us. And in the middle of it, I think we just need to be reminded of a word of hope. Yes, there is all sorts of disunity in the family, right? Right now you may be in a mess with your spouse, uh, with your kids, with your neighbors, with your work colleagues. But here's a word of hope. Jesus is praying for us. Us as Jesus followers living together, united with Jesus, united with the Father. Jesus says, even may they be in us as we are in them. Boy, this is mysterious on one level. I don't get how all this works, right? That's like way above my pay grade. But I do know that Jesus is praying for me. And he's praying that that relational wound would be healed. 
And he's praying that the tension that has kept you apart would be surpassed by grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. Because God has reconciled you, brought you back to right relationship because of Jesus. Now that that would be worked out in our human relationships. Jesus, my friend, is praying for us that we would be united. Now let me just ask you, who is praying for you? Who's praying for you right now? Uh, I think of my mom and dad, I can say that with confidence. And they text me and they'll call and say, we prayed for you today. And man, I'm so encouraged. If you don't have that in your life, in one sense, I say, I'm, I'm sorry. If you don't have someone validating, hey, I love you and I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you, I would hope and I would pray that, that God would give you those people in your life, that you would be reminded like humanly, naturally, like in real time, not just that God's praying for you, but that you would have other people in your life that you know are standing with you, that you have friends, that you have other people in this church. I pray that you'll be that for other people, that God would mature you in your walk with Jesus to not just pray for yourself and your immediate family, but that God would bring people in your life that you're gonna commit to talk to God about daily, weekly, monthly, that you're in this togetherness with Jesus with other people, not just a few, but he would expand it to your church family. But who's praying for you? The reminder today, my friend, on Father's Day is that Jesus is. It's great that you're praying for me and that I'm praying for you. That's fantastic. But I'm imperfect and I have very little power to change anything. But let's be reminded that Jesus himself is praying, not just for you as the person, but he's praying for your family. He's praying for us as a church. He's praying for every one of his followers. And, and Jesus, because he's God himself, is able. He says, I'm praying to the Father for you. He is able to handle our situation. And so where people kind of come and go and people are faithful sometimes, Jesus is always faithful. We don't have to worry today. We don't have to go to bed in, in, in anxiety and depression over our circumstance because my friend, Jesus is with you and Jesus is praying for you. Boy, what a good word of hope. And so let's be reminded this week that, that whatever's happening in this world, Jesus is praying for our protection. He is with us. He is for us. And he will keep us to the end. Now, the ultimate end is one day this life will pass for every one of us. And so the, the Christian hope is not just for protection from circumstances, but Jesus is going to keep us to the end. And one day we're going to be with him forever. This is the good news. Do you, do you have that hope? Before we respond in worship, let me just remind you that God's good message to you is summarized in John 3, 16. God loved the world, you and me, so much that he gave his one son, right? So that no one would perish, but everyone who trusts in him would have eternal life. And God's goal for you, my friend, is that you would experience his full measure of forgiveness now that you become one of his followers and that by trusting in Jesus and what he did on the cross and resurrection for you, you would have life that lasts forever. Life now with Jesus and life in the world to come with Jesus forever. And so if you've not yet put your trust in Jesus, like why not do it now? Today's the day, mom, dad, or anyone else, single, young, old, today's the day. Those of us who are following Jesus have that hope as an anchor 
Jesus has done it for me. So because of Jesus, I'm alive to God now. I'm protected. And then Jesus is still working in and through me. He's, he's praying for me. His presence is with me by the power of the Spirit. And so joy and obedience obedience and, and dedication and unity. These are the things that God's going to produce in me as I continue to follow him. Wherever we're at, let's, uh, let's, let's pray. We're going to pray now. I want to pray a blessing. If you are a dad, we want to pray God's blessing over your life or over your world. But if you're not yet following Jesus, take this moment. I'm going to invite you even now, uh, just reach out. If you're watching this on our online church platform, all you need to do is to request prayer. Just look over at the and press that button, the ask that you want to pray with someone and just say, man, today I want to give my life over to the leadership of Jesus Christ. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to put my trust in him that what he did for others, he will do for me. I want to have real life eternal life, God's life living in me right now. I pray that you would do that today. But for the rest of us, whether you're a parent or not, let's just pray blessing. Let's ask for God's blessing, his protection, his, transform, his transformative power to be at work in our lives, even today and even this week. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the gift of even a gathering online like this. We thank you for the gift of your word, Jesus, your, your promises written on pages for us that we can read and think about and claim and own as our own. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we do pray blessing over, over moms and, and even for dads today. This is hard work, but, but God, you are our father. So we have nothing to fear because we've chosen to give our lives wholly and completely to you. So Lord, we pray that you would care for us with protection and with your joy. And Lord, convict us of the areas that are out of alignment with you. We want to live sanctified, holy, pleasing lives. Lives that aren't just live for ourselves, but live for you, Lord, help us. And Lord, we want to live united lives. God, we don't even, even know how to, how to work this out in our human relationships. But Jesus, we believe that you prayed for us, that we would be one, that the world would believe that you were sent Jesus by the Father because they've seen this transformation in the way we live one to another. Lord, do this now, we pray. Lord, do it in our day, do it in our church, do it in each home, do it in our families, do it in each life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.